0: Ayo, Welcome into the CHGO White Sox podcast presented by PointsBet. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to two thousand dollars. Welcome into Studio A of our CHGO offices here in the West Loop of Chicago. I'm Sean Anderson, the host of the CHGO White Sox podcast. Follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. And alongside me, as always, is the full CHGO White Sox crew. You got Vinny Duber on the far left. You can follow him on Twitter at Vinny Duber, he's our C-H-G-O White Sox beat writer. And the man in the middle is Herb Lawrence. Hello! You can follow him on Twitter at... Acknerwall, 23 he's our CHGO White Sox community leader. It is the offseason, still figuring out what to do with ourselves during the day, and then we have a, a night to ourselves, gentlemen. There's no baseball, there's no games until 11 p.m., Herb. We won't be walking out into the eerie, desolate streets uh, in the West Loop uh, after a show. Uh, it, it's nice to watch some playoff baseball as well in, in this time, not have to
1: be tied to the White Sox, uh, even though you got a team in the playoffs right now. I do, but I enjoy all these games. It seems like they're all entertaining, and the underdogs have been winning for the most part. I think only one of the home teams had advanced, so it's very fun to see this playoffs and to think about the White Sox. While they might be a little far off of this, not too far off of what these teams are doing in the playoffs.
0: Yeah, you look at the bracket, and we could pull it up here. Uh, you see the Guardians advance to the second round, and they're going to be taking on the Yankees in the ALDS. Um, you also see Seattle upsetting Toronto, and they'll be taking sorry, on the Sorry, KPW. Um, yeah, sorry, to KPW. Uh, yo, 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 as KPW is uh, popping up in the chat. Uh, we got the Phillies defeating the Cardinals in a crazy game one. Uh, they'll be taking on the Braves and the Dodgers, defeating the Mets in three games. They'll be taking on... Uh, The Padres defeating the Mets. uh, They'll be taking the the Dodgers in the second round of the uh, NLCS or NLDS. But you look at the Cleveland series and – Rays were only able to score one run in 24 innings, so making the White Sox fans feel a little bit better. Losing to the worst division winner in, in uh, the majors, Cleveland had a really impressive uh, series to start off this uh, playoffs.
2: You know what they say, Cleveland rocks. The uh, <laughs> Guardians are looking good so far. Uh, and, and I'll tell you this too, those two bonkers comebacks were amazing. You know, you had Phillies uh, scoring all those runs in the ninth inning against the Cardinals, mm-hmm. and then just that ludicrous Mariners-Blue Jays game that happened. But, uh, but yeah, I think the story's got to be the Guardians so far. I mean, really uh, cool to see them kind of do their thing. The White Sox fans know what it looked like, right? And they were able to do it uh, against a, a, you know, now starting to go play some very high-quality competition that isn't kind of the same old AL Central, uh, you know, teams that they ran over during the regular season. So going up against a really good Rays team, they held them, like you said, to basically nothing. And uh, I think the talk now is, can they beat the Yankees? And uh, listen, the story in the postseason is always, can you pitch? We know the Guardians can do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I think that should be a pretty interesting series against New York.
0: Is there sour taste in your mouth that the uh, the White Sox, who were 4-2 against the Rays, didn't have the opportunity to go up against the Rays in the playoffs? Because, I don't know, I think they could have taken them. It's no. Just, they, they were 11 games back at the Guardians. No,
1: absolutely not. The White Sox didn't deserve to be in the playoffs versus either the Rays or the Mariners who they beat four out of four out of six games that they played versus them it's how you do versus all the rest of the teams we saw that they lost the season series to the Twins we lost the season series to the uh Guardians lost the season series to the Royals and the only team they defeated or dominated were those Tigers so dominate your central division then you have the chance to play versus the Rays other than that White Sox fans should be comfortable where they're at right now because it it was the footage on the I mean, the shoot was on the other foot. We'll be going home right now. We'll be talking about the White Sox losing two games to the goddamn Tampa Bay Rays. You think so? Oh my God. You know, you know the Rays. You know Shaman McClanahan's throwing us Ruben uh, McClanahan's throwing us like a no-hitter there. We don't have a Jose Ramirez to bail us out with a two run home run late in the game. We don't. I'm sorry. And definitely we don't have a Bieber to get us in that position to start off with. So yes. Dylan Cease is pretty good. I got gotcha, you. But I don't think Bieber's tested. And he's won a a Cy Young. And my guy Cease will win one eventually. It won't be this year. But you know Tampa's going to definitely beat the White Sox when it counts. I don't know. You I don't mean think so? Tampa
0: didn't look that threatening Tampa didn't look that that intimidating
2: they had to go up against Shane Bieber and Tristan McKenzie too
0: that's true um <laughs> the Sox you bring up though you know going up against Rue McClanahan one time they went up against Rue six innings Bad. six hits two earned runs Bad. eight strikeouts but one home run so they were able to get that Jose Ramirez two uh, earned <laughs> runs that you needed to win so I'm just saying Herb it could have happened that Rays team uh, I don't know like money money helps Money, money can help you buy power. Well, They're uh, about the they same. Have you know. more,
1: they, have more,
2: they spent more money than the Guardians did this year. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> not
1: wrong about that. Uh, yeah, I think I would have been more... Mm, what, no, this is more disappointing. I was like, making the playoffs is always a good thing, no matter if you get exited out early or not. But uh, I think, on the whole, I would feel worse because I'd be like, all right, we're in the tournament. we got these garbage-ass Rays in the first round. Let's go. Let's eat. And then think about the Yankees in the second round, and then we get summarily dismissed in the first round like golly all those goddamn games I played two more games than the people I just beat in the central it's so terrible
0: if they showed up in the regular season maybe they would have shown up in the playoffs and maybe we'd be here talking about uh, the second round of the playoffs and the White Sox how they'd match up against the Yankees but yeah and maybe I could play the electric guitar maybe (laughs) I could learn how maybe I could dunk who knows so we have a lot of time this offseason to see if you can dunk
2: no that one i'm never going to learn how to do you, you can't, try. You can't well, not t- with that attitude you can't
1: teach hops <laughs> I mean, you could. you can train yourself i mean see we got somebody specifically talking about the the hurt as Vinny referenced earlier where you have a huge lead with an 8 to 1 lead late in the game toronto blue jays are feeling good at the crib and then the mayor is like all right that's enough we're going to come and get this game and win this game. And I couldn't imagine that pain he felt, feeling so good for seven to eight innings and then a deflating loss, and you're sent home that quickly. Yeah,
0: Connor, our resident uh, Blue Jays fan, jumping in saying, J.P. Crawford is in my nightmares because of that blue, bloop double, and Herb, I would have rather missed the playoffs again than live through Saturday. Um, I don't know. I mean, I as a White Sox fan, anytime I see a bloop, uh in Ugh. between any you know <laughs> any defenders i assume that they're going to collide with one another and um, Twitter are doing it too yeah i mean george springer and beau Bichette, like that's just a tough play and like that's not the one reason why they lost like that that's just a brutal break for toronto and i mean just credit seattle for not quitting i mean they they swept them in a crazy two games they right crushed there. manoa in that first inning too yeah. Uh, I mean, that was a, a fun series, and hopefully they can take advantage of, uh, of seeing a, a Houston team that they've Please. seen a lot this year. I think they're only 12-7 and seven against them, which is a lot better than the Yankees, who are 5-1 and one against the Guardians. So maybe there's hope that Seattle can continue this. You guys got any—I know, Vinny, you're, you're trying to stay neutral, but you got any hope? Like, is there any team you'd, you'd like to see win, or of or any team? I mean, you're probably saying the Padres, but—
2: I mean, yeah, I, I'll stick with what I said before. I just think it would be very— Entertaining and interesting to see Seattle and Cleveland keep going. I mean, and now now they're the true underdogs, as, as good as those two teams were all year. Now they're going up against Houston and New York, and those, those are the uh, undoubted class of the American League. If even one of those teams make the ALCS, very entertaining.
1: Yeah, I just like how it's set up where it's West versus West, East Coast versus East Coast, even though uh, the <laughs> That famed, the, that
2: famed coastal city of Cleveland, the, Ohio. The
1: Guardians are in the Central, but they're in the East Coast they time They can get zone. there
2: quick. They got the Erie Connection. <laughs> the
1: Erie Canal. And the West is the same. I mean, you know, the NL is the same thing with the uh, Phillies going against the Braves and the Padres going against the Dodgers. Of course, I'm a Padres guy. I wish they can beat the Dodgers. You know, history, recent history says they're not going to beat them. But, hell, I'll have the pom-poms out, the brown and uh, yellow pom-poms out for the Padres to win that series. I'm, of course, rooting for the Phillies over the Braves because I just think the Phillies are an underdog story that, you know, coming from nowhere, they're the White Sox on the National League. They can't hit, I mean, they can't field, they can hit a little bit, and what the White Sox envision themselves to be is for the National American League, Guardians 100%. I will never root for the Yankees unless they're going against the Astros specifically. And You might get your wish there. Uh, yeah. Get <laughs> yeah. a week. And then the Mariners. <laughs> Of course, because the Astros, I hate them with the passion.
2: Well, do t- they make brown pom poms? I gotta be honest with you, that's a color of pom pom I've never be seen. Tough. <laughs> be were really tough to find. I'll be waving
0: them though. I mean, they have to make something like. I mean, the Browns exist.
2: Yeah, the, but again, that, 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 have... that would have to be a special order. We'll put it that way. I don't think you're rolling into Party City and saying, give me the brown pom-poms. Where's oh.
0: cheerleader.com or Cheerleader. Uh, I'd Express. be careful. Over <laughs> that. Exactly. Yeah, well, okay. yeah. um, um, we got OmniCheer.com. I mean, that, that we'll see if don't they go have, on those sites. Yeah, <laughs> they don't have a brown, they have multicolored gold maroon. I mean, we yeah, you well, get your maroon one hurt, but work. it's not really brown. I mean, like, this is more like Loyola colors rather than Padres.
2: Steven's looking for it. Oh, there you go. So. That's that's brown and Again, That's that is ugly. No, it's not. No. That is a, you need to make a special order for that. Yeah,
0: just stick with yellow, I think. Yellow's a better <laughs> color there. Or just go the old colors, like the blue.
1: I had the other hat. The blue and uh orange. the orange. orange Trevor yeah. Hoffman era. Yeah. Yeah. Tony Gwynn, too. Ken Caminetti's famous. He,
2: he was part of that brown and orange uh, crew at the uh, at the end there.
0: Played a long time. I think yeah, he wore he every every uniform. Yeah, right. Maybe outside of the camo ones. Um I do want to I was surprised you didn't bring up reseeding though, because that was the one thing that I would have be, you know, if I'm a Padre fan, I'm looking at this, we have to go up against the number one seed uh, Dodgers when the six-seed Phillies are out there. I think it should be reseeded where the Phillies go up against the Dodgers, we take on the Braves, you know, it should be easier.
1: Padres have a unique challenge in front of them. They might be the first team ever to eliminate four consecutive 100-win teams in a row. So if they beat the Dodgers here, they go against the Atlanta Braves, More most unlikely, they beat them, and if they get into the uh, – championship they go against the Houston Astros hey they make the gauntlet tough to, to win the uh, World Series it shouldn't be easy and if they got to play the Dodgers now they got to play the Dodgers now it doesn't matter got to beat them anytime or eventually anyway so let's play them right now
0: yeah but you know Maybe it'd be easier to beat them in the NLCS. Eh, eh, It'll be tough anyways. Let's go now. Uh, On today's CHGO White Sox podcast, other than talking about the MLB playoffs, we'll be answering your Mailbag Monday questions. We'll be talking about some reported arbitration numbers for this offseason and what some players might be making, which could settle out. I know Russ had a question, you know, how do we lay out how this team is better in 2023, uh, you could start to get some of the salary numbers and figure out, you know, what the payroll might be looking like and how much money they might have be, uh, be able to spend. So maybe uh, we'll be able to figure that out and get some clear uh, uh, clearance on that uh, a little bit uh, today. And then also we're going to test uh, Vinny and Herb's knowledge. How much do they remember the 2022 Chicago White oh, Sox? No. Oh, Herb wins. <laughs> hey, it'll be back and forth. Uh, you know, you just got a name. The big ones first. You just got to take away, you know, the the easy ones from them, wow, and make right. sure that he names uh, some of those uh, deep cuts. But uh, we'll do that a little bit later on in the show. If you do want to ask us questions for Mailbag Monday, we'll be doing this a lot now, uh, since there'll be an off day every single Monday. There's an off day every single day because the White Sox don't play until February. Um, so we'll have a mailbag Mailbag Monday every day on Monday. And if you want to become a member of CHGO to go to allchgo.com. You get access to all of our written articles on allchgo.com. Vinny has a brand new article talking about Andrew Vaughn and what his fit might be in the 2023 team. Now that he might be untouchable, uh you can read that if you become a member. You also have access to our CHGO Discord, which is called the CHGO Lounge, where we asked this. You know, we put out the feeler. What questions do you have today? And then also, you get a free shirt too. So if you're looking to get some CHGO swag, we got some great looks, whether you're a Blackhawks fan, Sox fans, Bulls fan, Bears fan. uh, We have all the looks. So head over to CHG Locker uh, to check out some of the shirt options we have for you. But let's jump into the questions, gentlemen. This is the first question we have today, and it's coming from our guy, Who's Your Daddy? Given what Rick Hahn said about spending this offseason, do we have any reason to believe we might still add at least one impact player due to how much money comes off the books? after 2023 and part of this also too no Jose Abreu. Jose Abreu was uh, one of the larger uh, salaries on the team in 2022. If he's not coming back like the report said uh, that's 18 million dollars freed up so how do we view the off season Uh, because Rick Hahn I think the quote that he might be referring to is we just can't throw money at it Um, but I think that's a little out of context.
2: Yeah the first thing I would respond the way I would respond to that question is you know make sure you know what the guy said which was in a very specific uh, question that I asked in regards to you know maybe need needing to trade one of these young core players away. Um, He said, we can't just throw money at at, at this and fix it. You know, referring to the fact that They can't only pursue free agents and all the problems are gone away. We've talked so much already in the last few weeks about how the roster realities and the contracts of the guys already here, the money that they already have uh, thrown at this thing, um, has made it very difficult to move those guys around and to, to, to find a spot on the field where you can add an impact free agent. Before the show started, guys, we were going over the free agent list. And second base, which seems to be the the main position, really maybe one of the only positions where the White Sox could just plug in a free agent, not a lot of appealing candidates out there. So if you do find a, an appealing free agent out there, you're going to have to make room by getting rid of somebody who's, uh, you know, was made a long-term piece of this uh, team. So um, it's it's I think it's more of that roster situation than it is uh, the – how much money are they going to have to spend on free agents kind of thing. Uh, and if you're talking about adding an impact player might come via a trade. Uh, I, I think that, um, I, I, don't think you should discount free agency. Go ahead and make your free agent wish lists and put the, the big names right at the top there. Maybe the white Sox would be interested in doing that. Certainly. I think it seemed that Rick Hahn feels that there needs to be, you know, some work done to this team to make it better and get it to where it needs to be. Uh, I think that, though, you might be seeing some more trade uh, activities, and that might just suit the White Sox better, given where their roster and their payroll is at at the moment.
1: I don't necessarily think they need to spend money or throw money at the problem. As you said, that won't be the 100% solution. We do have availability, if this this report is correct, about Jose Abreu not coming back for the 2023 season. But also, I think you have internal options at second base that are much better be of value, be it uh, anything you want to look at, than the free agent crop that's out there right now. Now, if you can swing a trade for a starting second baseman right now, currently in the major leagues, that's going to help the White Sox next year. Cool. But Lenin Sosa works for me. Sanchez works for me going into uh, camp next year. Lurie's still there. I can't believe I'm saying it. If you really want to, Josh Harrison's still available. You could just have his option picked up there. So second base, while not great on the free agent uh, front, I think the White Sox have it covered, especially if every other one of the positions that they're counting on, third basely, uh, uh, catcher mostly, left field mostly, uh, with Aloy Jimenez, left fielder, DH, come to play like they did uh, years before. In 2023, all they need is the bats to perform as they should, and you can have a couple positions like second base and maybe shortstop not perform at the highest level. Because I don't know if Tim's going to be available, you know, as he always is, um, because he'll always miss some time every year. So you don't necessarily need as kickingly great numbers at second base. You just need the person to catch the ball when it's hit to him, make a couple of spectacular plays, throw the ball to first base. And then when you need to get a hit. Break it open once in a while. We don't need a 300-hitter third baseman. We just need a guy that is a solid position there, especially if everybody else is doing their jobs. Yeah, like true difference makers at second base
0: are shortstops playing second base like Trevor Story um, in Boston. Uh, you look at what the opening day payroll was last year for the Sox. It's at 181.6. Uh, that's uh, according to stevetheump.com, who's been tracking uh, payroll since 19... 19- 98, um, so hopefully uh, it's trustworthy information Same from Steve, Steve here. Uh, yeah, Steve, his Steve. Steven
1: hates <laughs> dude's name, Steve. Um, and right now, uh, SpotRack
0: is projecting the Sox uh, 2023 payroll to be 150. Um, so right now, you'd assume they wow. have about $31 million to work with if they're getting to last year's opening day payroll. But, I mean, how much do we think that's going to be affected, especially with
1: not having any playoff revenue? With the spot track, that's pre- uh, arbitration numbers added into the equation, correct? I believe so. And so, you know, they're not going to be breaking the bank there. It's probably going to be like twenty million dollars added to that number, so you're closer to the number that the White Sox started with yeah, this like, year. Uh, so, you'll probably we'll get into the arbitration numbers, but
0: like Lucas Giolito's number isn't there. It probably be around like ten million, so mm-hmm. that would bump the number up to around like one hundred and sixty. Um, if you add all the arbitration numbers, Cease would be about five million, so you're probably looking at one hundred and
1: sixty-five then, yeah. um, compared to one hundred and eighty-one that it was at last year. So if they They theoretically operate with the same notion that they did at the beginning of this year and say, hey, this is our budget. That's the top of our budget. They have room to spend there, but I would hope they wouldn't spend it on a second baseman.
0: Yeah, and I don't know what second baseman they would really spend it on. Um, We can go to the next question here um, because, again, that that – market's very thin and you know the shortstop market isn't thin but I would be very surprised if the White Sox went out and spend you know Marcus Simeon money or Trevor Story money uh, on one of these guys to go out and play uh, second base but uh, this one comes from our guy Anthony Shulo um, saying good things come in threes right you need to add a manager an offensive player and a pitcher which three are you adding to this team in the off season? the ultimate trifecta if you will so Herb I'll let you start this one you need to add a manager an offensive player and a pitcher who are you
1: adding Well, I'm first going to Joe Espada because I think he would come to here and change the things that the White Sox have done in the past and do a little more things Houston-like. Even though I hate the organization, I think they cheated. I think besides the cheating, they do things well. Like I think they have good drafts. They have... Good player development, and hopefully that would follow Joe Espada up here to the north to the south side. Um, for hitter, uh, I said in the break or before uh, the show, I, I would add Josh Bell, and these two guys rightly said, Hey, you're just adding the same goddamn player that we're getting rid of Jose Abreu for. He's about six years younger, and he's a, a power hitting switch hitter that has usually gets on base at a good 350 clip. I would add him to be our designated hitter slash first baseman. And if you want to platoon him with uh, Andrew Vaughn at first base or just him be the all-time first uh, uh, DH, cool. I just think his numbers would... Sp- would work well here in Chicago, even though he is a switch hitter, another switch hitter that might underperform if the, you know, if the trend goes with a uh, Yoan Moncada and Yasmani Grandal, but he would be a good guy that I would want to, the White Sox to pick up. And as far as a pitcher, um, I would love to get Jose Quintana. Of course, he's a Your former guy. White Sox. Great. And he pitched in game one for the Cardinals. He pitched very well for the Cardinals. I think he had like a sub 2.5 ERA with the Cardinals specifically and after he got acquired at the trade deadline, and he's looking strong. He's looking like one of the top pitchers in the league like he was before he left the White Sox. So I would go and get Q to also balance out that uh, right-handedness in the uh, rotation right now for the White Sox. I know Garrett Crochet eventually is coming, but I don't think he's going to be a starter next year. So Q would be a good piece to have in there as the third, fourth, or fifth starter for the White Sox.
2: That's a tough question. Uh, I, I've been I've been really going back and forth on managers. I don't really know if I have a, a, a even a good insight into what they need right now. You know what I mean? It's like they need a manager who's going to win. Like, right. that's what everybody wants, right? Well, and too, um, like,
0: it seems like it's the same parameters as 2020, and I don't think, t- you know, Rick Hahn had any idea Tony LaRusso would be the manager when they started that. Church.
2: Right, and I, I mean, I think you always got to think a little bit outside the box. Um, you know, yeah, someone like Joe Espada does seem like he'd be a good fit. I think someone like, you know, you know, we talked about it yes, on yesterday's show. Yeah, give uh, give Pedro Grifo a, a a shot in the interview and see what he can bring to this table I think um, when you talk to the players the the number one com- the attribute that they talk about is communication and, and obviously that's a pretty big umbrella you know what I mean I think a lot of people might think oh it means they need to speak English and Spanish well, yeah, that's important, but I think, you know, it's the style of communication, right. too, you know, how they how they can relate to these players, and guys who've been doing that for a long time on the coaching level might, um, you know, might certainly have uh, a, a step up, as uh, you know, into maybe some of these front office guys or something like that. They really respect former players and, and guys who've, uh, you know, been through the same things that they have before, but... Um, I mean, yeah, so I mean, if they hired Joe Espada, I think that'd be a really good hire. But, but maybe they do want somebody with a little bit more winning managerial experience, in you know, and a, a guy like Bochi or someone like that, Ron Washington or something like that. So I don't really know which way they're going to go. Uh, if I had to, to say who would be a good fit, I, I don't think Espada would be a bad fit at all. Um, but in terms of the free agents, man, the list is the list is weird. I, I basically you've got a bunch of fantastic shortstops and then a bunch of guys that nobody wants. <laughs> it right. seems to me. Um, and you know we're not going to be in the shortstop market. Obviously, that's not a blanket situation. But uh, when you look at the pitcher situation, I think that um, there's a lot of uh, guys with White Sox DNA, if you will, out there. You mentioned Jose Quintana. Chris Bassett is a free agent. Mm. Carlos Rodon's probably going to be what the number one oh, starting yeah. pitcher on the market, with the exception oh, of Jacob yeah. Degrom probably Uh, so that'll be wild but I mean he's got the age too he's five years younger than DeGrom Uh, but how about this for a for a fifth starter how about uh, Noah Syndergaard
1: I'm not I mean just his health is the only thing I I'm concerned about I mean I know he's a mid pitcher right now but he's a fifth starter as you said you probably wouldn't have to pay you know that much for Noah Syndergaard you would only have to probably do a one-year deal with a with an option
0: he made one year uh, he got a one-year deal this year was 21 million dollars
1: Yeah, and he performed how he did, and the the market's like, okay, cool. You're not a 21 million dollar pitcher anymore. I don't
0: know. I mean, like, agreed. In 2021, he got a a one year 21 million dollar contract after pitching two innings in 2021. Who gave it to him? And not the Angels, exactly. Yeah, exactly.
1: Right. right.
0: So I mean, (laughs) I mean, do you really? I mean, we were kind of looking at what Pollock's market might be or might not be if he accepts or not accepts this market. I mean, like. I don't know if he's going to take a $10 million cut. We're assuming Lucas G. Alito makes around like $10 million. So, I mean, you know, Thor's around like what, 12 to 13
2: million just because of his. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he and I mean remember the, the the market the market dictates it. I mean he doesn't he doesn't need to get a raise as a free agent. You know what I mean? We're gonna right. talk about those arbitration numbers in a bit. Those only go up usually. Those those do not go back down. But a free agent is different. You know what I mean? And guys can say or teams can say, Yeah, no Syndergaard, we're not beating down your door to get your services this year. And all of a sudden February rolls around and he's one of those guys that's waiting around for a job and maybe yeah. the White Sox say, all right, we'll take you for a, for a nice 11 or something like that, you know. Uh, it it's it, it it really comes down to, though, like, what do you think the White Sox need? Do you think the White Sox need just the job that Johnny Cueto just did, or do they need to say, no, 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 we need a top-of-the-rotation guy so Lance Lynn can be the third starter, you know, and this team can can go overpower guys. Uh, but the White Sox not necessarily known for the long-term pitching contract, uh, which I would think would, would – uh, not rule out, but uh, make a someone like a Rodon reunion seem very unlikely to Ugh, me. Got it. Can I yeah. give a
1: dream scenario here, guys? Go ahead. Justin Verlander has a player option. It's a twenty-five million dollars option. The Sox were rumored to be involved in his market last off season. That's the dream for me.
2: Well, to, but how is he going to not pick up that twenty-five million dollars player option? You think
1: he could get more? Which can. He's forty on the free agent market, even just though he just, just, might
0: be coming off a of Cy young year.
1: I mean, that's good. He but you be. think somebody's yeah. going to be like, okay, Justin, we're going to believe in you when you're year, age forty year. And here's, well, I mean, they twenty eight million more dollars. There's twenty eight. The Mets million. just
0: signed Max Scherzer to uh, what forty three million dollar a, a contract. I know he's much you know uh, younger, but I mean, Verlander just proved he
2: could stay healthy. So you think the White Sox are going to give Justin Verlander forty million dollars, Stephen?
1: <laughs> I don't think they'll give anyone that money. But I, I, hey, I said it was a dream scenario. a yeah. dream, right? Because if because if they
2: were to give Justin Verlander forty million dollars, their payroll would be two hundred and twenty million dollars. <laughs> hey, it seems who's, that's hey, steep. Who's going to? Somebody would that? have to leave.
1: <laughs> that, that top of the rotation of Cease and Ver, or Verlander and Cease in the playoffs. So let's say I mean, somehow we you, get there. If you do that, it's tough to beat theoretically they would have to get rid of Lucas Giolito or somebody in the rotation. Or like what? half
2: the team to make, to make <laughs> room for $40 million. million. No, like you're
1: back into your rotation that much weaker with Davis Martin starting instead. I'm sure people out there who are listening and watching like bet, sign me up, but it's not that easy to get rid of Lucas Giolito Cause you think he's bad. What other things think he is? I think you're stuck with Lucas Giolito. Might as well just ride it out and see if he returns to form with an off season. Also, there's no reason that having two of the best pitchers in baseball is a bad idea.
2: That's never a bad idea. But hello, New York Mets, who just threw uh, DeGrom and Scherzer in a playoff series and lost.
0: But yeah. also, <laughs> if the White Sox won 100 games, I don't know if I'm too upset at it. Oh, like, I'm you know.
1: furious. Oh, you don't think the Mets fans are at furious? They're you don't furious, think they're be on this like, same podcast was, in New York? They they failed they failed like
0: to to win the World Series. Yes. yes, but did the the 2022 Mets at large fail? No,
2: they won 100 games. Yes. Well, especially compared to the Mets. Right. Yes. And I mean, I think that's what I that's what that was my thoughts on the 2021 White Sox, right? Was like, yeah, okay, they were very disappointing in the playoffs, but like the White Sox don't make the playoffs. So that's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Like, like you should be pretty happy with them actually winning the division hasn't happened in, you know, there are middle schoolers who that was It had never happened in their lifetimes.
1: (laughs) I think people... And if that was to happen here, and yes, the White Sox haven't been to the playoffs a lot, I think 11 times in their history, which is, oof. That's very few times. It is, and they've been around <laughs> since 1901. But, like, if they went to the playoffs, had, like, one of the best records in the midseason, and the Guardians or the Twins caught up with them, firstly, we will be pissed. Secondly, yeah, 100 wins is awesome, but we got to now host this garbage team, which we're much better than, and then with our two strongest pitchers, now we are out of the playoffs. God, how do, how do we end up here? I'm sure people in New York are like, oh, this is not a winning season. This is a disappointing season. Just like we would say this year the White Sox only got to the first round of the playoffs this year, no matter how many wins they had. Yeah, I don't know. I mean like
0: they play that series, you know, a hundred times. I think the Mets win seventy percent of that time. Yeah. So it's just like it's that's baseball Susan. And I, I think know.
1: if you you know, widening out and look at it just as making the playoffs is a hard-ass thing. You should accept that as a great year no matter what. I'll be there with you because making the playoffs in baseball used to be the hardest thing in sports. Now with the expansion, it's a little less hard. Um, But I think making the playoffs for the Mets, awesome, because they haven't been there a lot. But overall, this season, they had higher-ass... Ex, uh, aspirations for this season especially with the pitchers they have with the bats they acquired at the uh, trade deadline and only to fall short to a San Diego Padres team that is they could say it they're probably not as good as they are and they didn't have their best player and they got beat at the crib it feels probably very disappointing how it ended how bookshow Walter acted last night even though I would have did the same thing if uh, my team was getting shut up by uh, Joe Musgrove and I felt like I had hitter. something on his yeah. ear I would do the same thing, but there's got to be some punitive damage to that. You have to not be able to challenge a pitcher and see he has substance on his ear without any consequence if he doesn't. So. It's
2: not just a 2022 version of stepping out of the box like a hundred times in a row. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. I
0: like, don't. I don't find anything bad that Buck did. I mean, like you know, they had one hit. Like I don't know. if punitive He basically damage came, was came bad, out
2: and but. said, though, I did it to break his, up his rhythm.
1: Right. He yeah, was <laughs> like, it's like, it's like gamemanship, but also it's like, oh, God, you're just trying to take off my uh rhythm and I, that's cool but also your batter should be doing that not you but
0: right but you know obviously I think you said like he, he wasn't seeing his his hitters wake up they got one hit that entire game and it's just like he Joe's, had it, he either had to knock him out because he knew his hitters weren't Joe was about that business um yeah uh to answer uh Anthony's question I would say manager I'm fine with Espada um he was born in Puerto Rico a lot of people You know, hype up his ability to make relationships, Um, and just being with the Yankees and Astros, uh, very recently I think since 2015 he's been with those two organizations Um, it seems like he's been able to take in a lot of information, and uh, I think it would just be nice to have that in the White Sox uh, organization, but managers don't matter, again, too much um, unless they start to Um, and I think we started to see in 2022 that might have started affecting them Uh, but yeah, I I think Espada seems like a, a slam dunk hire, but I don't know if I'm going to be too upset if they sign, you know, Bruce Bochy. Uh, I don't know if I'll be that annoyed by it, um, but we'll see. Uh, if I had to pick a player, um, Alex Rood's bringing up Blake Trina. I don't know about that, but I'll bring up Brandon Nimmo. Um Brandon Nimmo can play center field I think obviously Luis Roberts got that spot for the Sox but if you move him over to right field I brought this up with you I think that it could be Adam Eaton 2016 2017-esque I think you can have that sort of shift he's a very good center fielder you move him over to right field I think that you'd even see uh, more added defensive value and he is great at getting on base makes a ton of contact 53 extra base hits uh 53 extra base hits this year, uh, 16 homers, I think 30 doubles, seven uh, triples as well. Um, Just can handle a bat. I'd like his presence. Does he have a right fielder's arm? Uh, I can look it up because now StatCast has uh, arm data. So I can see if he has arm a, a, a data, arm data <laughs> uh, right fielder's arm. But I think it's probably uh, fair that he would have the best uh, arm, arm on the White Sox, which isn't saying much. Not at um, all. I think A.J. Pollock had the uh, the best arm for the White Sox <laughs> this year. Uh, yeah, 89.1 was A.J. Pollock's arm. Uh, Andrew Vaughn was second at 88.8. What 88. is that out of? Yeah. Miles per hour. That's his average miles per hour. On a his throw. Yeah, arm strength.
1: And usually, right field is that are up good? Upper nineties. <laughs>
0: uh, it's red. Uh, yeah, upper nineties is is good. Uh, okay. Just to compare him to Nimmo. Oh no, I don't want to download the s.
1: No, I want to download it. Download
0: it. Um, X Y Z. Nimmo's eighty eight point one. So Nimo is, is Nimo has the same arm as Gavin Sheets. Okay. So you're not upgrading the arm in right field. That's. F- <laughs> um, I mean,
1: it's fine. You're upgrading you know, everything else though. If he can. Hit or catch the balls that are hit to him. Understand how to break off a hit, ball, a hit ball off a bat instead of you know freezing, and then going the ball going over your head. Cool. He plays outfield. That's always good. Yeah, have experience playing outfield when you play an outfield.
0: And he could hit. Um, if I'd add, add a pitcher too. Uh, you mentioned left-handers. I would. I obviously, say Carlos Rodon. Um, I'll just go great. into reality, though, because they're not going to sign a pitcher to $20 million a year. Um, Andrew Heaney, I don't know if he'd be a, a $20 million pitcher, but he was really good in Los Angeles, and he's made some changes to his pitching repertoire that has paid off very well. He ditched his curveball for a slider um, and decreased his change up uh, changeup usage as well, and he had a, a renaissance of a career, uh, a season in Los uh, in uh, Los Angeles so I think it'd be fantastic to see him in a white sox uniform gives you a left-handed pitcher um, and I think he's got a little bit more potential than maybe a Jose Quintana uh, a little bit younger as well he's only 31 years old. so uh, those would be the moves that I would make we got more questions after the mailbag uh, or for, to continue the mailbag after this break this football season points bets bring you a better way to bet live on games which means before this ad's over you can play a live same game parlay bet you could bet on the next drive to be a touchdown and cash out your second half live over bet on Bears After Dark. Cody will be joining the CHGO Bears crew to give you his picks for the Kansas City Oakland game tonight and he'll help you build the perfect live same game parlay by combining your favorite bets anytime during the game including spreads, totals, player props, and more. And you can also choose the outcome of the next drive and next points with points bets, lightning bets. I was doing this last night with the Baltimore and Cincinnati game. Uh, I was able to make money on that uh, last Cincinnati uh, offensive touchdown. I bet a dollar and won three. Oh, football. I thought there was like some baseball. I thought there was like some no. baseball
2: nit that I didn't know anything about. <laughs> this for Like the season. Orioles the Red- played the Reds last night.
0: <laughs> for this, this would have goal. baseball nit though, oh, that would be so great! That'd be great. Right now, it would be something. Mark <laughs> Payton would be the leadoff hitter for the White Sox. Um, but Lightning Tim would be back though. What was it? Tim will be back yeah, though. Tim will be back and playing. Uh, but points bets, lightning bets can make tonight's games uh, a lot more fun. So whether you're on the move or on the couch, do it live on PointsBet. Download the PointsBet app today and sign up with code CHGO to get two risk free bets up to two thousand dollars. And if you or somebody who has a gambling problem and wants help, call one hundred Gambler for crisis counseling and referral services. There is no nit for baseball, but if there was. Game time would have your tickets. It's the hottest new ticketing site that makes it easier than ever to score the best deals on tickets to sports, concerts, and shows. I know Casey was looking for tickets to Harry Styles. I think he's still playing tonight mm-hmm. at the United Center. Who is that? Uh, okay, that's the response I was expecting. Oh, the, the guy team. who's
2: in the post-credit scene of Eternals. Mm. I guess. What movie is that? Where's my, where's my Marvel people at? Come on. Marvel? Yeah, It's oh. awful. Okay, well, I saw
1: it. It wasn't good. It's awful.
2: Yeah,
0: not a not a huge Marvel guy, so you're gonna miss me on that oh, one. No, dude. Um, Werewolf
2: by Night. It's good. Go watch it.
0: <laughs> if you've ever dreamed of sitting in a seat you never thought you could, maybe by Werewolf by Night uh, on the 50 yard line of a Bears game, courtside of the Bulls game, behind home plate of one of these playoff games. If you're heading out to San Diego or Los Angeles or Seattle, floor seats at the Harry Styles concert. It's possible with the Game Time app this biggest last-minute price drops can be found on the seats you never thought you could buy and you won't find a better deal this season on Blackhawks or Bulls tickets. Um, I saw our guy Will Gottlieb sharing the Bulls wins videos on the uh, the preseason win uh, last night. So if you're looking to go head out to some of these Bulls games or Blackhawks games at the United Center, Game Time is where you should buy it. It's created by the fans for the fans and it guarantees the lowest prices. If you love CHGO, then you'll love Game Time. The best way to support us is by buying your tickets through the link in the description and you can join over 15 million fans who have downloaded the GameTime app and scored the best seats to all of your favorite events Herb did, dealt with them uh, out in Atlanta mm-hmm. uh, found cheaper tickets on a different site, contacted them and without an hour had money in his account and uh, got the got the best deal uh, on tickets, so use game time, the best.
1: they're fantastic 110% guarantee I just looked up Jose Quintana, 32 starts this year for both Pittsburgh and uh, St. Louis combined, guess how many decisions he had out of that Oh, so like wins or losses? Yep 10 Yeah, 13 Okay. Was he eight and five? He, he is the no six and seven. Okay. He is the man <laughs> of no decisions. Like we get him back, just re- get get ready for the no decisions. It's six just, innings, just no runs. played all over again. Yeah, it's time. It's time for those to go. Well, the Pirates weren't pitching him deep into games either, no, intentionally. But he yeah. had a phenomenal year. They, yeah, it's,
2: it's time for wins and losses for pitchers to go. I, I know. I, I know that's you, not going like, to be a popular decision with the actual pitchers. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they like it, and that's fine. Good for them. You can keep it for them. But like we need to stop, I, I, we pretty much have. Like right. Think as about, a, right as as fans and people who watch baseball I don't think anybody is citing wins and losses anymore. Like if they, you're in the 80s no, or but,
1: 90s back in the day like if you saw a 6 and 7 record and he had a sub 3 ARA, a 293 you would be like, "Ugh, that guy sucks. He's terrible." His record says as much. Yeah. Now we know better than that. We know Jose Quintana was a above average pitcher, but it took until I think when um Felix Hernandez won the uh Cy Young with a 13 and 12 record for people to say the record really doesn't reflect how great of a pitcher he was this year. Look at Jacob deGrom, all the times that he dominated in the Mets, never scored runs for him.
2: Well, and right. now as Steven says too, it's it's even out the window in terms of strategy. I mean, I think everybody's ears perked up and they they went, "What when Tony La Russa kept talking about how he wanted his guys to get wins all the time?" You know, it, it not in terms of like, "Oh, you know, we disagree with you, pitchers shouldn't be rewarded for for doing a good job," but in terms of is that affecting the strategy in you know, is it, is there a time in the fifth inning when a starter needs to come out? Is there a time when you only need, if you're the Pirates or the Cardinals, Jose Quintana to go five innings, and that's perfectly reasonable uh, because of what they can do. Uh, It's, it's kind of completely useless at this point, unless you're just a pitcher who wants to be, you know, kind of rewarded for a job well done.
0: Well, and funny enough, though, I mean, like we see the postseason uh, this year and you see so many guys go seven innings so it's like you know we've we seen for the large part during the regular season these guys not be used to the fifth and sixth innings but then in the postseason uh, when these games count uh, they're able to go deeper um, but yeah even bringing up the wins and losses Lucas Giolito his record 11 and 9 this year <laughs> Jacob DeGrom in his 2018 Cy Young season where he had an ERA uh, an ERA of 170 and an ERA plus of 218 10 and 9 <laughs> So Lucas Giolito had a better win-loss record in 2021 on an 81-81 team than Cy Young winner Jacob DeGrom. Yeah. So, and I think J- there was some crazy stick about Jacob DeGrom like, driving in more runs for himself in that 2018 <laughs> year than the actual Mets offense. Uh, what's the next question we got here, Stephen? Hi Jake, this is not distracting at all, by the way. Uh, other Sean asking per reports, everyone but Cease and Vaughn are available. What could Aloy or Robert bring? Uh, you've talked about trading Aloy. Um, we really haven't brought up Robert too much, but he's not untouchable. We hear that the contracts are, you know, nice. That that, that you know people think that it was a good idea for Rickon to sign Luis Robert and Loy Jimenez to these uh, these cheap deals. So the players are cheap. They have control. Um, I think it would probably take an insane amount to get Luis Robert. A lot to a point where I don't think his value would match up to what the Sox would get, which is why I really don't see a Luis Robert trade even being worth my time to figure
1: out, really. Yeah, the reason why I bring up the lawyer, I think he has the highest trade value on the team currently because he kind of rebuilt that with the second half that he has. Like, okay, when he's healthy, he is that hitter. We've seen nothing but that hitter show up when he's healthy. Luis Robert, he had probably his worst season of his three and inconsistent – Injuries after injury after injury, the viral thing, you would be trading him for literal pennies on the dollar for anybody. You don't know the ceiling that is Luis Robert. We both thought he was an MVP candidate. Mm -hmm. We're not going to be far off of that next year. If Luis Robert posts 150 games, he's going to have great numbers, I believe. And so you're trading him off a hurt year. People are going to be jumping to get Luis Robert. Like, every single team in the major leagues will be like, cool, you're trading him for that, but this is his numbers this year. You sure? Cool, we'll throw you this, and they'll be throwing you these low-ball low, uh, numbers, as you said. Your value wouldn't be worth it. And you're like, ugh, this is just trash. No, I want to rather keep this guy when he's healthy. We know who he, who he is, and he can play defense even if he can't hit. With the lawyer it's the opposite. He can't really play defense. He can give you quality defense, but he can't stay on the field without being hurt every once in a while. So you know the bat plays, and I think you can get more back for Aloy Jimenez and actual real value for him than you would with Luis Robert.
2: I think there'd be a ton of value for both Aloy and Luis. I think there'd be a pretty good amount of value for T.A. too. What I will say is something that I don't think I've heard anybody really answer, Herb, yourself included, mm-hmm. What are you getting for these guys? Because uh, the com- we had a commenter earlier Sean you brought up the comment that was how are the White Sox going to be better before the 2023 right. season than they are right now? Mm-hmm. And I want to know, okay, fine. So you are you are putting leaving everything on the table in terms of the moves that you might make to accomplish that goal to make them better than next year. How how what are you getting for Aloy Jimenez or Luis Robert or Tim Anderson uh that is going to make this team better, the major league team better in 2023 than it is right now. And I don't know I don't I haven't heard anyone answer that question. I don't know if anybody knows the answer to that question right now. And because a lot of times what do you see when do you see young guys that are under long-term team control that have really good uh, promising futures and high talent get they get a bunch of prospects. The White Sox are not trying to get a bunch of prospects. Right. The White Sox are trying to build a championship caliber roster for 2023. They've got Aloy. They've got Luis Robert. They've got Tim Anderson. And I understand the mystery behind all three of them, specifically when it comes to health. But what trade are you engineering? Is Rick Hahn engineering where one of those three core guys leaves this team and this team ends up better than it is right now?
0: Well, I think your point of their control is the biggest reason why these players won't get traded. But I would just think to in the division, Francisco Lindor getting traded to the Mets, and in that deal, the Guardians picking up Andres Jimenez and Rosario, filling out their middle infield right now. Jimenez is their shortstop, uh, Rosario's their shortstop. Jimenez is playing a fantastic second base and was an All Star for them this year, and they're just getting consistent production from those two spots, and they're getting 160 games from two players, and that's just you know if. Francisco Lindor posts a five WAR season, but Andres Jimenez posts a four win season and a two win season from Rosario. That's six WAR right there from you know your middle infield, and you just in a way you know you didn't upgrade from Francisco Lindor, but you were able to keep pace. So I think what you would hope the White Sox would do if they traded a player like Aloy Jimenez or Luis Robert would be able to fill out two different spots. So if you were to trade Luis Robert, you would get a starting center fielder and possibly that fifth starter or maybe even a second baseman to plug into your lineup to play for the entirety of 2023. So that would be the, the goal in mind if I was going out to trade an Andrew Vaughn, Aloy Jimenez, or a Luis Robert. I don't think Vaughn has enough trade value to trade him for a two for one just because there's so many questions about what position he could play. And he is just so limited at, at the positions I think you can play or if you would scout him to play. Aloy same reason as well it just seems like he's a DH and that 13 million doesn't look too bad in this final years of his contract but it does seem like a guy with limited value and Luis Robert again that's like that is the most valuable piece the White Sox have we thought he was an MVP uh, caliber player this year and there was nothing really this year that made me doubt that I just think that he dealt with some injuries and I also just think that it was the wrong attitude around this club if you get the right team environment around there I think you'd see Luis Robert perform well so To answer your question, if the White Sox were going to go and make this move, you'd need to fill out two roster spots immediately with that trade. You'd need two MLB starting position players
2: to fill out the roster. And do you think that could actually happen? No. I think that could happen,
1: (laughs) but it would be... Roll the dice for it to happen. You would have to have faith in that these guys would have bounce-back years. I presented uh, two weeks ago, Sean, yeah. about the Aloy Jimenez trade to Seattle. Firstly, Seattle is very wanting to trade. Secondly, Jesse Winker did not have a good year in his one year in Seattle. He but- was the
2: one of two players in baseball who were worse defensively in the outfield than Andrew Vaughn. Exactly. The
1: other one is longtime White Sox wish list uh, member Jock Peterson. In case you were wondering. And Kyle Schwarber is down there, too. Um, but Jesse Winker had an awful year in Seattle. It's his walk year next year. But if you look at his career numbers, he hits. And he hits a lot. And he hits for power. And he's a left-handed batter. I think he would do well. I'm just trying to fit out that DH spot. I've already, already had Josh Bell. I'm trying to make this team White Soxy, And then alongside that, you would put the prospect, Jared Kelnick, there from Seattle. And you don't like it. I was a high prospect for both the Mets and the Mariners. They tried to mess with his service time last year. I think a change of scenery out of Seattle, where they tried to, uh, and the owners are still one of the owners is still there that tried to, to manipulate his service time. I would say change of scenery would be great for him. Uh, Jerry DePoto loves trading, and he would love to have Aloy Jimenez in left field with his cost certainty. And I think you can maybe get more from that because of those guys are underwhelming Major League Baseball players right now. But I think they would trade low on those guys and get uh, Aloy Jimenez. And I think that would work out for the White Sox. So you get two lefty power bats, or Jared Kelnick uh, at least uh, profiles to be that eventually.
2: So your plan is to trade Aloy, the guy who you don't want to – or you, the guy who people do not want to play the outfield because he gets hurt all the time, but is the best hitter on the team, arguably. Yeah. For two guys who cannot play defense, Tell they can play defense. What position does he play? Left, Left field. field. So you trade for two outfielders. One yep. of them is good at defense but can't hit. One of them is bad at defense and can hit. Yep. But they Aloy can. also can hit. Yes. Yeah. Perhaps better than both of those guys. Yes. I okay. think
1: it, you would get the two players, and you, this would be roll of dice. It would be a very but, tough move to sell to the White Sox fans for that move, but it would be a, a calculated roll of the dice. Kelnick has been a top prospect since he was with the Mets. Coming back home closer to his hometown of Waukesha, Wisconsin, might help, help him a little bit. Does that make the Seattle. White
2: Sox better in 2023? I
1: do think you can get the same production and more consistent production out of Jesse Winker, Kelnick. Then you can get out of Aloy Jimenez. Then you can count on Aloy Jimenez.
0: I don't know what, mm. how the Mariners view Kelnick value wise. He's 23 years old and just turned 23. Won't be 24 until July 16th of last year. Had a 9.22 uh, OPS in Triple A this year, yeah. but struggled in the major league level. A 5.33, 5.34 OPS uh, this year in 2022, which was still like 100 points down. Um, for where he was in his rookie year in 2021. However, people in Seattle fans might point to his last 14 games. Uh, The batting average on OBP don't look well, 180, 293, but the slugging was well at 420. He had nine hits in those 14 games. Six of them were extra base hits. So I I don't know if they want to give up Kelnick because Kelnick was the big piece in that Edwin Diaz, uh, Robinson Cano trade. I'm not sure if they want to give up on Kelnick uh, that quickly. And also too, like that might just be way too lopsided. Like Aloy Jimenez is very good. It just goes back to my point. It's easier just to let the 36 year old first baseman go. And I, I think you just have Aloy Jimenez play DH. Andrew Vaughn plays first base, and then you go and figure out whether through free agent, uh, free agency, or trading some of these younger players that might not be on the roster in 2023, like maybe a Colson Montgomery, maybe a, a Cespedes or, or you know, Sosa or some of these players. That's where you go out and find you know the major league talent or the the player that. Fills in Aloy Jimenez or AJ Pollock spot. And, find and major Levy. league
2: talent by trading Lenin Sosa. Oh, I don't know. Okay. I, I threw out a name. All right, congratulations, Herbie, <laughs> uh, Herbie, Herbie Han. I just want to get up to uh, speed on Herbie Han's offseason plan. Uh, you have
1: Jose Abreu coming back. Damn right. Them signing Josh Bell. No, not no. If that <laughs> if Jose Abreu comes back, a lot of problems are solved for me. Okay. I do Where does this is the, the Sean plan of getting rid of Jose Abreu and kick him in the ass? <laughs> So, well, on the but way you out. got so you've got you're trading
2: Aloy. Yep. Either keeping Jose Abreu or bringing in Josh Bell. Yes.
1: Uh,
2: and then uh, you're paying AJ Pollock 13 million dollars to be uh, your fourth outfielder.
1: I would I would find a trade partner for him, but it'll be hard to. And
2: uh, Gavin Sheets is is what uh, left to left to Rome in Baltimore, Baltimore. In, Baltimore. <laughs> in Baltimore.
1: And Al, I agree. Please tell me the day, the year that Aloy Jimenez is going to be healthy. If you tell me that. DH. If you tell me that, I will keep Aloy every year. But until that day, it's going to be a roll of the dice to go into the season and say Aloy Jimenez is our DH slash left fielder. It's going to be hard. I would love for that to happen and him to prove me wrong and play all the games. And he will hit forty five home runs if he ever is healthy. I think he'll hit fifty home runs if he ever is healthy. But that's the big catch right there. Will he be healthy? I think if you put him at DH, that he probably be healthy enough uh
0: from july 6th to october 5th the Sox played 83 games uh and Aloy jimenez played in 73 of those 83 games um so i mean he had at dh a fairly consistent health record and he was playing left field and some of those
2: well remember too the reason he the reason he didn't play in those 10 games for the most part was because of the after effects of the injury that caused him so much time in the first half the idea that you're describing in which he is healthy playing dh he does not have that the after effects of that injury that kept him out of those 10 games. Mm-hmm.
0: And hopefully, the, the, the time off this offseason helps him feel as close to 100% as possible, and keeping at DH can keep him at uh, as close as
1: 100% as possible as well. And um, with the new medical staff that they're, or the, the different. Expanded. expanded. Expanded medical staff that they're having, I hope they send them offseason plans of guys. The problem with us is, firstly, getting hurt, and then secondly, run out of steam like Andrew Vaughn's done it for the last two seasons. So we need to both build up the soft tissues and make make sure that they're not hurt during the season and then also get some endurance in us so we can be ready for the rigors of 162. It's a long season, so we can't have one of our best hitters. If we're going to let Jose Abreu go, he's going to be our best hitter. We can't have him faltering like he's done the last two years down the stretch.
0: You mentioned Jose Abreu going. We go to Sam and his question in the mailbag. If Jose Abreu does leave the White Sox in free agency, what team is most likely to Uh, or the most likely destination for him. Uh, I got three to throw out. Uh, Houston, Yuli Gariel might be retiring. That would open up a spot for first base, and he can still play uh, defensive first base very, very well. Uh, Miami, I think it would make sense to connect him with the Cuban connection uh, down there. And then finally... Slam Diego, I think he'd fit right there. They lost Eric Hosmer, might be losing Will Myers, uh, would be a good spot right there at first
1: base. They're losing Will Myers. It's a team option for $20 million. They cannot wait to get rid of him. It's him and Drury, who's playing uh, Brandon Drury and the aforementioned Josh Bell, all free agents who are the first baseman they can go to. So it makes perfect sense to go to San Diego for him, but also he'll be farther away from his offseason home. And games will be played later in the day. I don't know if that would affect him doing that. But he would be on a championship-caliber team next year with the Padres. But I would see him more likely going to the Astros. They just uh, substitute one great Cuban player for another, and Jose Abreu, and they keep on rolling. I would have to cheer against him for the rest of his career, kind of like i cheer against Michael Brantley, who was one of my favorite players. So I think there's a good market for him because he could still hit. And I think when we see him next year, it's going to be very painful because Jose Abreu is going to be putting up Jose Abreu numbers. I think so. And so we're going to be like, man, why didn't we just keep that guy? He wanted to stay here. And we're going to be very sad when he is Jose Abreu next year. All three of those make a lot of
2: sense, Sean. I, 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 I'm, because here's the thing. what is What have San Diego and Houston's front offices done the last – Three ish season. Obviously, Houston's been doing it a little, little longer. They keep their foot on the gas pedal. Yep. These are two teams that do. They do not say, "Nah, we're good." You know, they they go out there and they make the move. They are. They participate in that arms race, Houston, rightfully so. San Diego mostly just because they want to. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they they haven't done a lot of winning with, nope. since they've started this strategy. But um, if they're ever going to compete with the Dodgers, what they've got to do is is keep bringing in guys, and they have shown that they're not shy about doing that. So that would be a move very much in line with what those two front offices have done the last few years. And you can't discount uh, guys just feeling comfortable. And Miami's not winning anything anytime soon. But it'd be nice to play down the street from your house, wouldn't it? And uh, Jose Abreu lives in Miami in the offseason, and uh, there would be nothing wrong with him getting to have his family right nearby. And Miami is not going to bench him. He's just going to
0: play 162 games no matter what. he'd be
1: reunited with Avi Garcia. He'd be a hero down there, too, with the Cuban community down there. Man, I tell you what, Jose would be a a hero down there like he is kind of up here. So... Even more so down there.
0: Yeah, sight for sore eyes. Uh, someone brought up Cleveland for uh, Jose Abreu to go. Uh, Josh Naylor played eighty eight no. games for them at first base. He's like twenty five, you, you move him to DH though, and Jose Abreu at first base. Oh boy, Jose and Jose at the corners. I'd hate to see that team. He'd uh, run.
1: What's Jose it? would run. We yes. know that.
0: Jose would run. I don't
1: know how uh, well Josh Naylor grades out as a feeler, but it looks pretty nice, you know, his stretching and such, and the playoffs looked pretty uh, athletic. But I would think that they would have the 25-, 26-year-old Josh Naylor at first base instead of Jose Abreu.
2: It was funny. Somebody the other day in a conversation I was having brought up Tampa, like, you know, oh, what a shrewd move by the, by the Rays to bring in someone with the production of Jose Abreu. And then they thought about it for a second and went, now nah, they'd make him too many take too many games off. There's no way he's going to the Rays, <laughs> right? They bunch, they platoon G- every position for G-Man <laughs> Choi.
0: Um, let's look at the arbitration numbers before we get into the uh, the White Sox quiz here and test Herb and uh, Vinny's knowledge. Uh, these are uh, well. Let's uh, show the numbers first from uh, Baseball Reference. This is from uh, and I no I'm blanking on that. It's Matt Schwartz, right? Um, from base uh, from said. MLBTradeRumors.com. Uh, these are the projected uh, numbers for the 2022 offseason, Stephen. If you want to go back, sorry, uh, Lucas Giolito projected to get $10.8 million in arbitration, Adam Engel and $2.3 million, Kyle Crick at $1.5 million, Ray Low at $3.3 million, Dylan Cease at $5.3 million, Jose Ruiz at $1 million, Michael Kopek at $2.2 million, Danny Mendick at $1 million. Uh I think basically just to go through arbitration. Uh, you can sign a deal. You don't have to go through the arbitration process. You could sign a deal for a agreed upon number. Um, if you want to flash that screen now, uh, Steven, you could see right now that Lopez, uh, he was one of the players projected to get 2.8 and the White Sox and him ended up coming to an agreement for a yearly salary of 2.6 to 5 million. So I think we can look at some of these players and just go through. Uh, Lucas Giolito last year went to arbitration and uh, tried to negotiate with the Sox for a number. I would assume that that's probably going to play out as well this year. Adam Engel, I would assume, will be a non-tender. Kyle Crick, I assume, will be a non-tender. Raylo, I don't think, will go to arbitration again just because he was mainly used as a reliever. Dylan Cease, will be interested to see where his numbers currently his number will settle at. Five point three is an interesting number. Uh, Jose Ruiz, I would assume, gets picked up for about one million. Uh, Kopeck will definitely stay, no matter what that number is, and then Mendick, I would assume, gets stays as well because he was great, had a career year in twenty twenty two before getting injured. Uh, do you guys have any agreements, disagreements on what might or might not ha- happen? I
2: thought you ran through it pretty well. I, I, I mean, I'd be interested in seeing Dylan Cease. You know, a guy who's going to finish very high yeah. in the Cy Young vote. Uh, you know, we can even look. We can look back on. Lucas Giolito's uh, you know, uh, all-star season, uh, and and Dylan's season has been better than that. Uh, so I think it'll be interesting to see where that number is, but it will definitely be affordable just because of the amount of experience uh, that, that Dylan has and the way that this system works. Um, I, I think a lot of people are going to look at Lucas's projected number there and be like, well, how in the world can a guy who just had a, a five ERA season be worth that much? Guys get raises. Uh, that's how this works. It is designed to uh, reward playing time, service time, and uh, you know certainly Lucas has done things in his career that are you know worthy of him keep getting raises. Obviously, this was a tough year for him. Um, but this is how this system works. So uh, I think uh, very tough for Adam Angle that he uh, would make logical sense as a non-tender candidate. You would have said that a year ago. You would have been like, wow, that's crazy, because he finally has shown that his bat and his glove kind of line up a bit. This year – the bat was not good, and he had some really bad moments with the glove as well, which was very surprising from a guy who we know is mm-hmm. a great defender out there in the outfield. So um, I think you you nailed it there in terms of likely thing that things that are likely to happen, Sean. Uh, but we'll see uh, what the White Sox decide to do. Long ways from the non tender deadline, I think that's end of November. So.
0: Right, and it's funny, too. You mentioned uh, you know, Lucas Gilito and guys get raises, especially starting pitchers. And we look at Reynaldo Lopez, who came over with Lucas Gilito in that Adam Eaton trade. They have the same amount of uh, experience, too. Lucas at five years of uh, service time, Reynaldo at five years of service time. And it's why Jimmy Lambert ends up bringing up to you in Minnesota, like, oh, I'd like to be a starter next year because starters get paid. Starters get paid. Starters so get paid
1: a lot. If you want to be a
0: starter <laughs> uh, or if you want to be a pitcher,
1: uh, be a starter. I mean, I would look at uh, Dylan Cease's, contract we just saw Spencer Strider sign a long-term deal after his rookie year where he's paid in his last three R years and his first free agent year 22 million dollars these are Dylan Cease's first second and third RB years coming up and then he can buy you know theoretically if you're doing a four-year contract you can get that for cheaper than he would be as a free agent they're about to the, gonna be the same age when they're free Spencer Strider and um, Dylan cease so I would if I was the white Sox I know he's not going to be interested in a really long-term deal with us. But the $22 million that Spencer Strider just did for annual annual average value is a marketplace thing, I think, in this uh, RB or number one, which the White Sox don't have to make it because he's at 3.8. But I think this is a good-faith deal to give to him. You can take out one year of arbitration, don't have to worry about arbitration. I mean, one year of free agency, don't have to worry about arbitration every year with him, and you lock him up for four solid years. I think that would be a smart move for the White Sox. I'm sure they're trying on extensions with him through the yin-yang, but he just signed with a new management group that doesn't necessarily like having their players sign extensions before they go into free agency. So he's with Scott Boris now. Get your money any way you see fit, but also understand that there's pitchers right in your rotation that have had multiple Tommy John surgeries. You might be on the next list, so think about your long term health right there and get your money right. Like twenty two million is nothing to sneeze at. Yeah, he's had Tommy John. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. he can have us for a second time.
0: So I'm. I don't know. I I think that we've seen them try to get extensions with Lucas Giolito. Uh, he's been very tough to negotiate. He wants to get his full price. And I, I. Anytime you go to a Scott Boris client, I don't think that you're looking to you know, buy out beers. You're looking to get to the free agent market as soon as possible. So I don't think that's going to play out with Dylan. It'd be nice, uh, absolutely, but I-, I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, just comparing him to some aces that did hit beers, especially after great years. Uh, Garrett Cole hit this Arb year in 2017, he made $3.75 million. That was after a fourth Cy Young finish in 2014, or, or yeah, 2015. Uh, and then he was kind of iffy in 2016 and 2017. Uh, Max Freed also finished fifth in Cy Young in 2020. Um, and he ended up getting about $6.8 million um, in, in his settlement last year. So yeah, I, I would assume Dylan after a second place finish this year, not a great 2021, especially the start. I would say around five to five and a half million is where we'd see, but I don't know if it's going to necessarily go to arbitration. But but I would point,
1: I would point to Luke Schiavelli specifically if I was a White Sox management. It's like, man, that man was on track to do, make the money that you're going to be yeah, making. But
0: then he got hurt, like just Bing, screw up your own Ding bag. ding
1: ding! That's what I would say if I was a White Sox. You could get hurt. Here's a nice deal: eighty-eight million dollars for the next four years. You in? Bet he, he, could, keep, al- he could. also dream, not get hurt. Keep dreaming, Herbie Han. Yeah, he, he could also hey. not get hurt. Um, he's been he can also not get hurt. But could, but eighty eight in the bank is good, and you're
0: still free when you're thirty one. We'll see. Um, I just I don't see it happening. I think I think he could it's play all the froth you welishes. want. He, he could play all the froth he wants. Uh, you'd be able to buy eighty eight more right now. Watches. It's seven
1: hundred thousand dollars. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> Pumping gas in his own car. His
0: dad's got so many. Uh, his dad's got a B company they're, they're going out for. I mean, it seems like Dylan's got a ton of ideas that's going to make so him So many money. revenue streams. Yeah, I'm not worried about Dylan and money. Um, Chicago, you've already got the best coverage for your favorite teams. That's CHGO. So get fitted in the best sports gear around. FOCO has you covered from Soldier Field to the front room, north or south side with hoodies, slippers, signs, bobbleheads and everything in between. Get decked out like DeMar with apparel from the leaders in sports, merch and collectibles. FOCO, if you're looking for the perfect gift for the football fan in your life, FOCO's got you covered with the hoodies to fight that Lake Michigan breeze. So check out FOCO.com or click the link in the description below. And for all non presale items, use promo code CHGO for 10% off at FOCO, F-O-C-O dot com, or again, click the link in the description below. And for all non presale items, use promo code CHGO for off. All right, guys, uh, let's do this quickly. Uh, We're going to quiz you. 44 names played for the White Sox in 2022, and you guys need to go through it. Um, Stephen will screen share this, and uh, we'll get you guys on the clock, but we will go Herb, then Vinny, Vinny, then Herb. Snake Herb draft. We'll, we'll snake draft all it. Right. Um, and you guys will go back and forth here, and I'll keep tra- count. And, oh, uh, wow. We even get the position. Guffin. Okay. Yeah, you get positions and numbers of games. So that's all you get. So you get the position and numbers of games played. There's 44 names. Herb, you're going first. Sosa. All right. Abreu.
1: Sosa. I love Sosa.
2: Abreu, one-to-one. Harrison. Harrison.
0: 2-1. Um, Cease. All right. Dylan Cease pops up. There you go. Anderson. Tim Anderson's going to pop up. Vaughn. Moncada,
2: Vaughn. Also, I realized I just stole one from Herb. That's fine. Did you? Yeah, I think I. he went only one, and then I went two. Oh, okay. Well, then so Herb, gives two, two. Two more.
1: Um. Let me go with Lynn. And then one more. Let's
0: go with O. All right. So now we got nine. Vinny, you got two here. Robert. Okay. Pollock. All right. All right. So Vinny's got a 6-5 lead. Ingle Velasquez. All right. Vinny on the clock of two. Sheets grandal. Crick. <laughs> no, C C R I C K Yeah, he's Kyle has been out for a bit. Uh, Ruiz. And Jose Ruiz. So right now we got 17 of 44. Cease, Giolito, Lynn are the starting pitchers. Ruiz, Velasquez, and Kyle Cricker are the relievers. Uh, Grandal, Abreu, Harrison, Anderson, Moncada, Pollock, Robert, Sheets uh, have all been named. Uh, 84 games played at DH is the uh, biggest number out there, at least for player position players.
2: Well, that's not true. There's a 97 there, which I believe is Mr. Larry Garcia. Oh, there you go.
0: <laughs> so Finny gets the legend. And
2: uh, I'll go ahead and say Johnny Cueto.
0: All right. Cueto gets knocked off Heasley All right Hazley <laughs> Hazley And Peyton All You're right. going to have trouble Spelling
2: Hazley uh, a- H-A-S-E-L-E-Y yeah,
0: S- yeah, There you go There you go And then uh, Peyton Mark Payton. So we're at 21 Out of 44 Zavala And Maguire Two catchers <laughs> Off the board Still got 84 games At DH And uh, a lot of pitchers left. I'm here. going with Kelly Joe Kelly Graveman and Kendall Graveman, the two big off-season signings. We're at 25 of the 44 names. Hendricks and Kopech. All right. Going bullpen and starter. We got all the starters done. The, the starting five is done
1: for the Sox. Adam Wainwright, <laughs> a.k.a. Jimmy Lambert. <laughs> and, damn it, I'm stumped. Um, Ray Lowe. Lopez. All right. Uh, Davis Martin.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Dark. And
2: uh, Romy Gonzalez.
0: All right, we got 31 of 44. That's the first name I didn't get. I I got a 39 out of 44 completely blanked on Romy Gonzalez's name.
1: Agent Tanner Banks. Glad someone remembered And relief pitcher with only six games. I'm trying to think of that guy. I like how you're going that low rather Um, than take the easy layups. Let's see. With an 84 at the DH. Oh, Come on. I already said Vaughn. You did. Did we? Yeah, yeah, it's right there. Juan's outfielding
0: first base. Did not even listen to him as a DH. And shout-out to Ted Sox 38 who uh, 31, who made this.
1: I'm trying to think of the DH. Oh, Pollock.
0: All right, Pollock has that's not, not been Pollock has been said So is that a loss? Yeah, oh. that's a loss. That's a okay. loss. So, uh, Vinny, you get two here. Uh, Jimenez. Yeah, oh, Aloy Jimenez. Was oh, to I name forgot about the guy go I want to trade.
2: And uh, here you go, Keichel.
0: Yep, oh, Dallas Keuchel, DFA, being so brought up. And we, we're not able to see the chat right now, so I bet a lot of these guys are being named, and we can't see. So Vinny's got the one-name lead on you.
1: Yes, he does. I yeah. I think he's I think, killing me. I think I've got two, but go ahead. Go ahead, Herb, you got two. Well, you only got one wrong, right? I've only got the or last you the one two. Wrong. Yeah, but yeah, he, okay. you're you're right, had, he right. had two on that yeah. one. Yeah. yeah, We're in the middle of a round right now, so I think. Yeah. I'm going to go with Perez. And... Carlos
2: Perez, who played seven games as a catcher. Shortstop,
0: uh... The lowest for any position player. Danny Mendick. Mendick. You get that. So two players' positions left, uh, 43 games at shortstop and 51 games at third base, and a ton of pitchers left here.
2: Uh Elvis Andrus.
0: Correct. 43 and games at shortstop. Jake Berger. Jake Berger, the two other positions. All right, Herb, we got, what, six more pitchers left, okay, and you, you need need to screw up here, or you're going to lose.
1: All, all right. relief pitchers. This is Ugh. getting dangerous. Let's see, relief pitcher, ah, God, I am stumped on these terrible relief pitchers for the White Sox. I'm going to go with um, Jake Diekman. There you go. And um, I'm just thinking of a terrible relief pitcher that the White Sox have, and I'm stumped, so Vinny can go ahead. Wow. All right. Uh, Aaron Bummer. There
2: you go. Oh, he was terrible. and uh how about i'm gonna go with the deep cut here i think i got one of the single digit guys ryan burr
0: there you go that's right uh there there's two names that i didn't get one of them was aaron burr or uh, aaron bummer one of them was ryan burr i did not get two of those and i was surprised i didn't get bummer
1: yeah i'm stumped in the last three you're stumped just finish it can you
0: clear it out Vinny? let's see um there's three left 41 out of 44 Six games, 25 games. And uh,
2: Anderson games. Severino. Oh, there it is. Anderson, Sean Severino. I got That was the first name I got. <laughs> Sean Anderson Severino. Oh, God. Oh, boy. So terrible. Two more, huh? One of,
0: them, one of them was an early season guy yep. that we we definitely just stopped hearing from. Uh, the other one was, uh, I
1: think, an injury-plagued guy. Oh, boy. God, that 48 appearances. Steven says Steven's, Steven's one one jumping into the college. Oh, Yeah, Because yeah, I've already won. Steven, who do you got? Matt Foster.
2: Matt yeah, Foster, Dracula's
0: 48 games. Uh, and the last one Alabama's 25 finest. 25 games. Steven, can you name this one? Not yet. I'm okay.
1: thinking.
0: Number 57.
1: That didn't help. 57. It didn't it's going to be obvious once it's Left handed pitcher. Right. Yeah. 57 left handed pitcher. <laughs> i already <I> said
0: 25 <laughs> games pitched. One less than Jake Diekman.
1: I already said Agent Cody Banks It's not here So another lefty Was that other guy Who was like a Minor leaguer It was the other guy Who was a minor leaguer That's (sighs) Damn right Herb I remember You're gonna get this one He's got a A name That is
0: is Bennett Souza? Ah,
1: oh. Bennett Souza. There you go.
0: Yeah, I yep. knew, was knew it was somebody else. You knew it was somebody. quick
2: work of that. Yeah. That's Good job, man. Vinny. In
0: under seven minutes. So congratulations, you guys. Vinny is the Al, winner. Al-headed. So yeah. did Everybody Chef had Chef it. Seymour. Josh Fiora had it. Uh, Chef Seymour had it. Uh, yeah, a lot good of people on you, in. I dro- in. Once good. I dropped Ryan <laughs>
2: Burr
1: on your head, it was over. <laughs> yeah, I was like, ugh, you're bringing up bad memories. Slam
0: dunking. Uh, Ryan Burr over your head. Like uh, Vinny's like,
1: who did I talk to? Uh, yeah, I see. I remember that guy. He was right. terrible. <laughs> he, <laughs> he was <dead>. cut. He <laughs> didn't he say that in here. his hair. In his uh, mine. I would say that, though. That's going <laughs> to wrap it
0: up, the CHGO White Sox podcast. We appreciate Vinny Duber. Congratulations on your win. You took down Herb. Uh Very proud of you. You can follow Vinny on Twitter, at Vinny Duber. You can also read his latest article talking about Andrew Vaughn and his future with the 2023 team on allCHGO.com. Herb Lawrence is your loser today. You can follow him Always. on Twitter, at HeckerWall23. He's our CHGO community leader. And I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter, at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. We will talk to you tomorrow at 4 p.m. here on the CHGO Sports YouTube channel. We'll talk to you then. Go socks.